Yes, he said. It is sweet. That's real water, Bat. I'm not sure that it isn't going to kill me, but it's the death I would have chosen if I had known about it till now. What do you mean? asked Edmund. It's... It's like light more than anything else, said Caspian. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcasts, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Kel. And I'm Chase. And thank you for joining us. Just a reminder today that we are going to be talking about the fifth book in the series, still, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Uh, though it's been a few weeks, we are talking about that book, but we promise it's coming to an end soon. Uh, <laughs> general, <laughs> general spoiler warning for the whole Narnia series as well. As a heads up that we will go on tangents into other stories that we enjoy. Maybe. Uh, we, we might just try to get through this one. Who knows? Uh, but we'll do our best to give spoiler warnings along the way if there's anything too far out there. But today, we're going to be discussing The Voyage of the Dawn Trader, Chapter 15, The Wonders of the Last Sea. Chase, we are almost at the end of the world. We have, we're inching closer and closer and closer and closer. This Chase, is the first time I've ever wished I'd seen the movie Aquaman because it feels like I would have something to talk about for this chapter. Mm. Outside of that, honestly, got. I think it's going to be better that you have it so that we can just pretend like you had and you can make references to parts of the movie that you don't know exist. But Chase, Remember that time that Aquaman thought a boat was a plane? Crazy, right? Cra- classic, classic Aquaman. You crazy man, Jason Momoa. But speaking of Jason Momoa, Chase, you want to give us a summary? I would love to. Uh, summary is there's water. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So as soon as the gang had left, Ramandu, if you remember 10 weeks ago, the last time we podcast, that's a star person. Uh, as soon as they had left, yeah, that's what he is. Uh, as soon as they had left Ramandu's island, they began to feel that they had already sailed beyond the world, even though we're still not at the end. Uh, but everything was different, they needed less sleep. The sun was two or three times its normal size, and every morning the singing birds flew past them on their way to clear Aslan's table. The water was so clear, Lucy could see the boat's shadow clearly on the bottom of the sea, and the colors and movements of the plants on the bottom were as if they were foliage moving in the wind. As she looked closer, she realized this was probably more accurate than she thought, because she thought she saw an underwater road that wound through what looked like valleys and climbed in zigzags up hills and Then, whoa, she even saw a city or a huge castle and little dot people walking along that road. It was built up on a mountain in the sunlight. As they kept going, the seabed got shallower and shallower, and it kind of looked like open fields and parkland. And then she saw the undersea people riding seahorses and with colorful streamers flowing from their shoulders. And then a large school of fish swam between Lucy and the sea people. And she saw another fish dart up and kill and catch some of the school fish and float back down to the people. It was a hunting party or like a falconer party or whatever you want to call it. They're fish. Uh, Then the people saw the Dawn Treader and looked up at them in astonishment because they'd never seen humans or a boat before because they live at the edge of the world. Uh, When Lucy pointed them out to everyone else, Drinian said they should probably pretend not to see anything so the other sailors wouldn't see them, fall in love with some undersea girl, and jump overboard. 
Lucy pointed out that they used to know people of this species back in their days at Care Paravel, but Drinian thought, no, nah, these are probably a different kind because those were amphibious, these are just in the ocean, and also these people look angry and, and dangerous, so we probably shouldn't mess with them. Uh, then they heard a yell from man overboard, except it was a mouse. It was Reaper Cheap. Uh, the ship turned to catch him back up, but he was chattering about something. He kept saying, sweet, sweet, sweet. And then finally said, the water's sweet. It was fresh water, not salt water. Uh, they pulled up a bucket and Caspian tasted it as well and said the water was like drinking light. The best water he'd ever had. And Reepicheep said that they must be very near the end of the world now because remember that poem that was written about them? Yeah, I guess that had sweet water in it. Uh, one by one, the whole ship drank and they kept sailing. The, this whole leg of their journey, the light had been stronger, but now as they continued, it became more bearable, even though it hadn't really lessened and the sun was now five or six times its normal size. It was as if they and the ship had become to brighten to meet the sun they also noted that there was no wind although the ship continued forward as though driven by a strong gale so they kind of started to wonder are we going to fall off the end of the world eustace pointed out that the world is round which is finally someone had to say it uh but edmund said well our world is round but narnia isn't necessarily round and the chapter ends with them explaining to reba chief that that doesn't mean standing upside down when you're in the south mm. Chase, thank you so much for stretching that out as much as you were able to. I mean, I went beat by beat, point by point, line by line, and still didn't find anything in this chapter. Man, like, we, we have joked about it before, but C.S. Lewis needs, needed an editor. Hardcore. <laughs> well, if he had an editor, they would have said, cut this chapter we don't need this one because maybe you should add more excitement in this book and have there be an overarching plot yeah well undersea people could be interesting it'd be cool if anything happened like if they saw the undersea people and like the undersea people kidnapped reaper cheap and this was Reepicheep's character journey because he hasn't sure. learned or grown in any way in this entire book. Like that feels like it could be an interesting way to use these people. Yeah. It's just like, it's very thrown in, which is. Yeah. The, the chapter fun. art would lead you to believe that the sea people would be way more important than they are, but they are not. I mean, it, yeah, they, see, this is the equivalent of a walking chapter, but on a boat. Like this is yeah. what C.S. Lewis did every other chapter for but all. Chase, what is a boat if not a train slash a plane slash Superman? Something that you know has mass that when you shine light at it, like cast a shadow. I mean, what are any of us if not shadows? Um, but a shadow chase of a real thing is just as real as the real thing. Yeah, it like I'm fine with the idea of seeing your shadow underwater and being like, wow, the water's so clear that shadow looked like it was a big fish or something. My problem with it, as I was telling you before we started, is that that's not how 
shadows work and not like the like it looks like a thing part but in the fact that it's the same size as the boat but all the way on the bottom of the sea which is like hundreds and hundreds of meters down yeah because this when she first sees their shadow this is the point where like the people that she kind of sees but doesn't quite see look like dots like ants so the boat shadow would look like the size of like a car next to them like it Mm. wouldn't look the size of the boat that doesn't make any sense shadows don't get larger as they get away from you and more defined like it yeah it it's not good physics great physics physics that yeah Yeah, it would be physics yep but yeah it's just it's weird and it just spends so much time talking about it like the first few pages are one them recognizing wow the sun is significantly larger and not being concerned about it at all yeah Uh, where it's like you know there's one thing with the cancer now yeah there's one thing with the bruce almighty moon that people joke about in like movies where it's like no the moon can't and should never be that big because then like the tides and everything would get thrown out of whack gravity would be weird it would be all another thing if the sun was twice its size, like, because this also like imagines a world where the sun is like a painting way off in the distance, and if you just sail close enough, it looks way bigger. Like the sun is in space, but what is space in Narnia, Chase? Because it's a flat world. But also, what do the flat earthers think space is like? <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> It's gotta be something. Is it like this is like I this is the this is always my weird thing. And we'll get to the flat earth stuff here in a little bit. Uh because that's how he ends the chapter and doesn't really go into any detail on anything else. But it's just there's just so many weird things. It's just like, why introduce something if you're not gonna continue with it? But they're they're sailing through, there's a giant sun. There's a weird shadow. She's like, wow, this is incredible. I'm just going to follow this shadow and watch it go at the bottom of the ocean. And it's like, wow, the water is so clear. I can see all the way down. And like, it's moving faster and it's crazy. Oh, look, there's underwater plants. Oh, look, it looks like a forest. Okay, cool. There is now like, looks kind of like roads running through it. And there's like a civilization. and. It's just like, this is all stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah, which, if it mattered even just a little, like, I like the idea of an undersea civilization. Like, that sounds fun. Like, we could go visit them. We could invent a submarine. We could find a weird wizard on an island who has his own submarine. It doesn't matter to me how we create get like a bubble of air, real lava- Avatar Last Airbender style. Like, yeah, or these people are actually closer to humans than you realize, but they just have the technology to give you your own little air bubble. Like, it just make it not, oh, look at that bird flying by. Like, because you don't need to write about the bird that flew by when you're on an adventure. Like, that means that you're not having an adventure. That means you're bird watching. We're no longer having an adventure. We're now staring at water. Glad 
that there's things under the water, but also this could have been a paragraph within a chapter. This could have been an email. But <laughs> this is what this chapter this, should this have been could called. Have been a bullet pointed text. Like this is this is subtext within a chapter about going to the end of the world. That's what it should have been. Where it's like, as they were going, they saw sea people and they saw like the water was so clear that they could see hundreds of meters below them. That's all that they need, right? Like you don't need anything else. Yeah. Which also like part of my problem with it is if every chapter is we're almost at the end of the world, then you're not almost at the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. At that point, five chapters ago, when you started saying it, it wasn't true. And why are you lying to me as a reader? Because you invented this world. You didn't have to say that. It yeah, that part of it is frustrating because this basically means that the beginning of the end of the world is a really far distance away from the end of the world. Right. And they still are traveling in this chapter at least a couple days. Yeah. Like, because there is another morning, which again, I don't know how morning and time works or whatever. The sun is 8,000 times its size, but whatever. Uh, but they like keep going through. They like they spend more time and eventually they see the sea people's, you know, village, city, castle, you know, domain. But and then they make remarks like, oh, it's interesting because it's on top of the mountain as opposed to in a valley. And so like all of their stories, like that would make sense because, you know, in the in the sea, the scary things are in the valley as opposed to like the dragon at the top of a mountain. And it's like this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, cool ideas if you were going to write a book about those sea people and right. their adventures. Not as interesting when we don't get to go see them have an adventure. When and it's a one-off. And like, what if they had gone with the sea people and fought the Kraken or something that they had like mentioned in here? Yeah, if when the sea people saw them and looked astonished, they found a way to wave them over and be like, hey, actually, we need your help, strangers. Aslan told us you were coming. Mm -hmm. Also, Aslan is a sea lion here. <laughs> Man, incredible spinoff that needs to happen. Uh, it is a question that I had as I was reading this chapter. Is like, is Aslan a lion to them too? That can't be, right? Do I mean, he walks on two Aslan? feet with us, so like... Who's to say what Aslan is? It's not our story. It's not the one that we'll get. Yeah, he'll never tell us. Right. But they just, this this chapter is just like things happen and keep happening. And there's no, there's no stop. There's no importance to it. They keep moving through the sea people. They see them, that they're having like a hunting party, except that they're like hunting dogs are just bigger fish, I guess. Sure. And they, no, okay. Hunting falcons, Kel. They go up. Yeah, they're seabirds. Yeah, just like that. But it's like, again, why include this? And then they spot the, the Dawn Treader and the people on top. And they're like, hey. And they shake their spears really threateningly. And Lucy's like, hey, everyone, come look at this. And then Drinian, again, a plot point that could be interesting that they are going to spend zero time on going, all right, we can't tell anyone about this. Like, don't speak a word of this. Because, you know, sailors are known 
to, you know, be like seduced and like killed by mermen and merwomen and like sea people. Uh, and like, we need to make sure that they don't fall in love with a sea woman uh, or with the undersea country itself and jump overboard. Like that could be bad. And they're like, does he what? have the Odyssey in his world too? Uh, yeah, he's he's, he's aware got of the Odyssey as C.S. Lewis is doing an Odyssey bit for mm-hmm. sixteen chapters. Yeah, he has it on audiobook, which is kind of fun. That's how he's like stayed entertained. Yeah, uh, while past the time on the boat, they listen to the Odyssey on audiobook. I mean, he's been doing more listening of the Odyssey, and like he's like, wow, this is more entertaining than the past few chapters. I mean, days have been so. Uh, like I'm just gonna do that, but. It's this concept of like, hey, don't tell anyone. Like, like we need to just keep sailing forward because we don't want to be like seduced by what's around us. Could be an interesting story. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And you know what really betrays that point is if immediately when you say it, someone jumps overboard, but then the sea people don't get involved or come into it in any way, shape, or form. In any way. And it turns out, one, man overboard doesn't apply. It wasn't a man. It was Reaper Cheap, a mouse. Giant rat. Uh, and then, overboard? What's up? Do you yell mouse overboard instead? I would yell mouse overboard. That seems, you like know, more fitting. If I was fitting. on a boat and I heard mouse overboard, I would think, good. Yeah, but if you're on the Dawn Treader and you heard mouse overboard. Yeah. It'd be like. Probably has a little mouse. bit of a different connotation. That's, a, that's our mouse. We that's my to- mouse. Get him back on here. But then, again. Reepicheep jumps off, and that's like the end of the Sea People. That's the end of yeah. their storyline. They disappear. There's, no longer relevant. There's no more relevant. And, and you like, know when everybody's looking overboard for Reepicheep to pull him back up? You know what they don't see? Sea, sea people, people that they could be just seduced by. Uh, they're just, it's fine. And Drinian, uh basically cusses out Reepicheep, but like C.S. Lewis makes sure that we know he's not actually mad at Reaper Cheaper hates him. He's just, he's just really scared that he's going to be hurt. And so he says things that he didn't mean. Yeah. And it's like kids, you know, sometimes your parents just yell at you because they're scared for you. Yeah. So that's something. But what again, a lovely thing to put into this weird chapter. Doesn't, doesn't apply to anything. And then they're like pulling him up. Uh, they like finally get him back in and Reaper Cheap is, you know, kind of, going like crazy in a like a happy way and he's just yelling sweet 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 and he's like the water the water is sweet i tell you it's fresh it isn't salt and then everyone's like what and then reba chief's like don't you remember that one time like 10 chapters ago uh that we repeated this prophecy that i was told as a child one time uh where the waves grow sweet doubt not reba chief there is the utter east Remember how that was a huge plot point that no one talked about because it was never a huge plot point? Remember? Yeah. Jason and I didn't. I didn't even remember that it was that specific to include the water being sweet. Not going to lie. When I remembered this, I was like, I thought there was something to do with Aslan in there. And I guess not. I mean, honestly, it probably changed or could have changed. I wasn't going to go back and look for it. it. didn't stick out as an important part of the story. Literally, this is the second time in 15 chapters 
that this has been mentioned. And you would imagine that if this was a major plot point, which it will become, you know, Reaper Cheap going to the end of the world is a major plot point. I mean, that would have been at least mentioned or alluded to multiple times, but it's just not. Yeah. I mean, in general, the biggest struggle this book has had has been making us care about the various things, like the meta narrative. Yeah. Like, there's no large defining problem other than like your kind of MacGuffin hunt for the lost lords that we are traveling. Yeah, it's which like I and and the lost lords cruise. don't matter to us. Yeah, I was on a cruise last week, and traveling is fine. Like there's there's fun things about being on a boat and seeing pretty sights, but like the real point of it is getting off the boat and going and doing stuff. And uh, at least my vacation, I didn't write down into a book and try to Correct. see people. Yeah, that's the difference is like, yeah, if you're going on a vacation, you don't need an overarching narrative. But if you're writing a story, you do. I'm Now I'm just trying to think of what the overarching narrative of that vacation would be. I think it might be COVID. I think that might be the overarching mm, narrative. The overarching narrative that everyone loves to hear about at this point. Yeah, uh, that thing that keeps happening on cruise ships that they don't tell you about until you're on the ship. Yeah. yeah. Womp, womp. Still a thing. But, uh, yeah, so he, he gets pulled up out of the water. He recites this poem, and everyone's like, oh, yes, we remember. And then they're like, hey, let's taste the water. And Dernian's like, oh, crap, we do have a captain slash a, like, king that we probably need to make deference to. Hey, Caspian, would you like to taste the water first after Reepicheep? Uh You want to be your own poison taster? Yeah. I mean, Reepicheep's already drank it, but everyone knows that mouse physiology and human physiology are the same. Uh, and so Caspian's like, heck yes, give me some of that. And he drinks it, and he's like, it is sweet. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to kill me, but I wish it would. It's like, oh, hey, Caspian, do you have anything you want to talk about? Are you okay? And he's no, like, yeah, fine. Why do you that's ask? That's Reba Cheap's thing. That's Reba Cheap's thing. Yeah. Like, why? That was that was questionably dark. Uh, and Edmund's like, what do you mean? And he's like, it's like drinking light. And Reba Cheap, that's what it is. Drinkable light. We must be very into, near the end of the world now. Freaking get to the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. You know what would be cooler than looking for signs that you might be at the end of the world? Being Heading the world. to the end of the world. Especially since last two or three chapters, you were at an island that, that is supposed to be at the end of the, the world. last place before the end of the world. How is there more? How is there more after this? But uh, they they all drink it and they become stronger and they feel like, you know, well rested and everyone feels great. They don't need to eat anymore. The sun is five to six times its size now. Whoop-dee-doo. It's crazy. They feel like everyone's shining and like consuming the light. Chase, is it important? No. no none of this matters. I did have like a technical question about whether drinking the water made them adjust to the light or if they just did that because they were getting so close that they started to fade into the light. Like. I don't even know. And, quite piece and, that and, and they're never going to explain it, Chase, because no. it doesn't matter. It really and you know what else? 
they're gonna you know spend two pages to end the chapter the like the penultimate chapter the last two pages are spent talking about how apparently narnia is a flat world that's a giant table like a circle floating in space i guess and how they all think it's bizarre that earth is a round world and they're like we used to tell stories of like our fairy tales are happening on a round world which it must be so different that has its own weirdness of getting into the uh the multiverse theory that we had at yeah. the beginning of this podcast but also you know what this book really needed at the end of it some both sidesing for flat earthers it's hey there's heroes on both sides man uh <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But, I'm okay with losing listeners to this podcast. It, <laughs> if it means letting them know that the Earth is not, in fact, flat. There's gravity. Like, <laughs> this is my thing that is like, see, let's do this. Like, have someone look at, like, just read your book before you, you just put it out there. Have a physicist come in and go, hey, if you're going to have a flat world, that's okay, but you can't acknowledge anything else. You can't be in space. Don't acknowledge movement of, you know, the sun, because then what is the sun going around? Well, we are the center of the universe, Cal. The sun revolves around us. It does what around us? It does. It goes around. Yeah. How? <laughs> Which that's the thing that always is really funny about the flat Earth, like pictures that you'll see on the interweb, is that the Earth is like a disc just floating, just sure. just out there. Some ice walls, you know, the whole thing. Sure. And then space is just turning around Earth, so space is still circular. But yeah, the Earth sun is a still, The sun definitely we a sphere. Possibly wrap our minds around Australia existing. The sun is definitely a sphere, and the moon is a sphere, but not Earth. It drives me barnacles, Chase. Like <laughs> this is, and they they spend like two pages talking about this, and they just end with Edmund saying. Yeah, there's nothing particularly exciting about a round world when you're there. So is C.S. Lewis saying he wishes he lived on a flat Earth? So that people would just fall off? I'm like, they they're don't talking fall about off. how, like, there's an ice wall, Cal. They're talking about how, like, yeah, like the ship could just go to the edge of Narnia and just fall off into nothingness or Aslan's country or who knows, which, and it doesn't matter. A couple of problems with even that part of it, but like this whole thing started because the ship was still moving quickly, even though there wasn't any wind left, which right. I don't know why there can't be a wind at the edge of the world, but whatever. Chase, you know what like, okay, wind? Are we like going up towards like a water? Like, is this current going to take us off? Which sure makes sense. But the idea that it could go into Aslan's country or to nowhere. Like, just to casually sprinkle in some agnosticism into the end of the book, just in case. <laughs> From sure. Leapacheep, who is on a, like, kind of suicide mission at this point. Yeah, it, he's uh, got some, He's his character arc is dark, for sure. He's ready to just give it up and die. I mean, and, he did jump off the boat earlier in this very chapter. Yeah, 
and there had there was zero repercussions for it. And it just it's just another thing that they introduced that C.S. Lewis talks about that doesn't matter. And it just nope. It like why bring this up? Why acknowledge that there could be flat worlds or round worlds? You just introduce problems. You you introduce things where it's like, dude, think through your decisions here. This is gonna be an issue. Because this is where you end your chapter. And like listeners, if you're still with us, we have no further up, further in. Because there's nothing that happened in this chapter. There really isn't. It's not it's not the most exciting one. Like, and I, we're not going to sit here and make our further up and further in why you should think that the earth is round. We're not going to make it, you know, a diatribe on like sea people because nothing happened with them. So it feels wasted no. to talk about the significance of mer people. We're not going to talk about our review of Aquaman uh, or, you know, talk about how in Harry Potter 4, uh, you get to see the, the mer people <laughs> in the Black Lake. It's none of it matters, Chase. Uh, yeah, at least when Harry Potter is in the Black Lake getting that's a whole all over by a moaning myrtle, at least that matters to the plot of the story. I feel like to quote Mugatu, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills right now. Like this is this is wild stuff. Like this chapter could have been a paragraph. Same with the last chapter. And probably the one before that. And probably the next one. I mean, the next chapter is the last chapter. At least things happen in that one. And there's going to be some like significant themes. Yeah, there'll I'm, be... I think it's going to be like symbolism overload. Like... Yeah. Because what I remember of it, I remember yeah. being in... There's into, some big stuff happen. But also, you know? based on the way things have gone, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I, like, Chase and I are in a full agreement here that you know we're just ready for silver chair. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready to remember the words and to uh wander through the wilderness with puddle puddle glum. Yep. But I'm a fan of puddle glum. Chase, we're I mean, <laughs> I guess we're done. Like there cool. there is there is nothing more to discuss in this chapter. And we're not doing further up and further in. Yeah. But if there are still listeners out there There's who are like, wow. There's left on the Zoom timer. <laughs> like, they're, they're, if there's still anyone out there, you know, I, I'll give you, you know, our fine, our, our, I'll close this out for you. Uh, if they're, if you are still interested, if you hear what we're doing and you go, yeah, these guys get it. <laughs> they're understanding <laughs> what's happening and i love listening to their positive encouraging k-love takes of uh of the chronicles of narnia share it with your friends follow us wherever you find podcasts let us know wherever you can uh like leave a five-star review leave a comment follow us on instagram at the chronicles of podcast uh it all matters just like these chapters do uh <laughs> so at the same level. <laughs> they we, they are equally as important that you do this. Uh, but, Chase, I guess don't fall off the end of the world between this one and the next chapter, the last chapter. I was just going to go hang upside down off the bottom of ours, but okay. But how, what happens, like, 
even that comment makes me go nuts because it's a circle. Gravity chase. Gravity. To quote John Mayer, gravity. <laughs> you can't have gravity without circular or spherical. It it's just bonkers. But Chase, I'll see you next week or at some point. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Probably about to be bye, Kel, because I'm sure this is going to cut us off soon. Some point. Eventually, we will finish this book. <laughs> Not if C.S. Lewis has anything to say for it, because this chapter is about looking at water. Uh, this chapter is a description of my vacation. This The past few chapters have literally <laughs> just been... They like easily could all just be one travel guide to Narnia chapter. <laughs>